Amen. Be seated in the house of the Lord today. It's awesome to look out there and see all your bright and shining faces. When you could be out doing lots of other things, you came out here to worship the Lord today and sing and and fellowship and just enjoy each other. And I I appreciate it, but, but I can tell you straight up, the Lord appreciates it. You know, we always wonder, you know, Easter and Christmas are the biggest holidays of the year, or, and they're both celebrated, and both of them reflect back to Christ, to Christ's birth, to Christ's resurrection. And as you heard, and I'm sure you're going to hear many a times, it's all because that he's alive that we can celebrate. And, and I notice in the songs today that because he's alive, uh, it affects us. And, and that's what the Lord has put on my heart today, that, that him being alive is what affects and makes our life, if you all know the truth. And so I'm just going to jump into it today. But the sermon title is, He's Alive and Heaven's Worth Fighting For. Uh, it's based out of, 11, of Matthew 11, 12. And it always blesses me with Matthew because he was a tax collector and and really before Christ wasn't well liked and was, some would say, a crook. And, and man, God got a hold of him. And and he wrote, and we're going to be coming out of, uh, of the book of Matthew uh, chapter 11 most of the day. And guys, I feel like I'm getting some big feedback if you want to work on that. But, but anyway, uh, uh, I want to base it off of Matthew eleven twelve today, the whole sermon today. It says, from the day of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. And when we look at that, it, it, that may kind of say, well, we're Christian but, but what this means is we're so excited about Jesus being alive in our life that we desire God and his kingdom above everything else. We desire this so much that we're willing to fight, that we're willing to protect our relationship with Jesus Christ, even if it means giving our life to do it. Uh, a lot of you, if you realize the wars and things America have been in, we always say it's to protect our freedom. Well, guys, it's to protect the re- religious freedom that Jesus is alive. And we need to fight for the kingdom of heaven in our own lives. And, and that's what Christ has put on our heart, that, that he doesn't want anybody heavy laden. He doesn't want anybody burdened down he wants everybody walking around in abundant joy and abundant peace and seeking him with all their heart, soul, and mind. And that's what God wants from his people. That's what we should want from, from our relationship with him. But today, point one of the service and building into this is God thought of you God thought of you so much that you were worth dying for. And Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But, but today I keep hearing the scripture. I, I heard the Thursday night Bible study. 
I heard it at, at, at today at the morning uh, sunrise service, awesome sunrise service, by the way, that our children and youth did. But I heard this scripture that, that Christ cried out, not my will, Lord, but your will. And, and, and that's been really, really weighing on me this week because the whole point of that is that Jesus was feeling the pressure of the resurrection. How many of you would, would willingly go to the cross and take the beating and the lashing that he took and, and to go through what he did for people like me, uh, for people like you? And he began to, his, you know, he was fully human, but he was fully God, but he began to think about that. And he said, you know, not my will, Lord, but your will. And so he was praying and the spirit man, the God man in him took over and he went ahead and went to the cross. But my point in from this and what I keep gleaning from this, the, the Thursday and Wednesday and the times I hear it is that, that God could have changed things. God is all powerful. He's all knowing when Christ said, not my will, but your will, Lord. He was saying, God, you can take this from me. Father, you can take this load off. You can do it a different way. Father, you have the power to do that. But God spoke back to him and and said no, basically. That's how much God loves you, that when his son's crying out to him, Father, take this cup from me, take this weight from me, but not my will, but yours will, Lord. Man, I don't know if my son's sitting over here, and I don't know if, if, if I could let him go through something knowingly that was going to take his life. And then if he would call to me and say, Dad, if you would just do this, then I would survive. I would make it through. Man, it would be hard not to help him. But what the Lord's telling me is that's how much he loves you. That's how much God loves you that he said, Son, go ahead and go to the cross. I've got you. Wow, that's powerful. But it also shows me how much Jesus loves me because he's willing to do it and obey his father for me, for you. That's why Easter is so wonderful for me. And I hope it's wonderful for you in that way that, that God thought you were worth dying for. Jesus thought you were worth dying for, so he gave it all to you. The second point I want to share today is the apostles, when they finally got a hold of this, they thought Jesus was worth dying for. When they got into that intimate relationship with the Lord, you know, you can see Peter before, I believe the disciples were saved in John 20 because they couldn't be saved until Christ was resurrected. And so they had that salvation experience. But we see Peter struggling that that he said, Jesus, I will be for you. I will die for you. I will do anything for you. We all know the story that when the Roman soldiers came and got Jesus, Peter pulled that sword out and he cut the centurion's ear off and, and, and he was ready to do war. So he was ready to do war in his mind because he wanted deliverance from the Roman oppression. He wanted deliverance in a physical way. So he was willing to die and fight for Christ at that point. 
But when Jesus said, put it away, Peter, we're not going to take the kingdom of God. He's not going to work that way by a physical war. And Jesus took the ear and put it back on the satyrian and healed him. That had to have devastated Peter because Peter went from uh, willing to die for him to willing to go and hide from him, willing to deny him three times, as the scripture says, willing to deny his Lord. And, and I think of these things that maybe that's me a lot of times that, that I say I'm going to give my life for Jesus as long as it goes according to Kent's plan. But when it doesn't go according to Kent's plan, to where we got to deny ourselves a little bit and trust and have a little bit of faith, sometimes we find ourselves hiding and running from the Lord. But we see after Peter had that salvation experience, after Jesus comes into his life, Peter became the most powerful men of God ever. And when he was crucified, on the cross, just like Jesus, he said to them, hey, I can't die like my Savior. So they hung him upside down. He was so in love with his Lord that he was willing to die to testify about him. As we go through, and I was just thinking of the Easter season and the Resurrection Sunday and, and the disciples that that experienced Christ rose from the dead. I thought I'd jot down a few, but Matthew in 28, seven, he recognized and wrote that go quickly and tell his disciples that Jesus has risen from the dead. He's alive. We find out that later on in Mike Mark's or Matthew's life, that he was stabbed to death in Ethiopia for preaching the gospel. He was willing to die because of what he, he loved about his Lord. He was willing to die for his Lord and Savior for that relationship. A lot of us are willing to die for our children, our, our family, our friends. Are we so tight with the Lord today and understand his love so much today that we're willing to die to tell people about him? Luke said, he is not here, but he is risen in 24-6. And Luke was reportedly hung from an olive tree. The apostle Paul wrote from 1 Corinthians 15, 3, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, again, according to the scripture. Paul himself was uh, putting murder threats out against the church and had actually, actually murdered people because of their belief. And then he was saved. And he fell in love with Jesus. And he fell in love with God. And had that experience. And Paul was beheaded in Rome. And the funny thing about that is Paul's a Roman citizen. And if he would have just went with that. If he wouldn't appealed to Caesar. I believe as Joe preached the other day. If he wouldn't appealed to Caesar. He wouldn't have been beheaded. But he had a job to do. And he told him to go to Rome and he would suffer the consequences of whatever that was. So we see their love for Christ 
was worth dying for. The third point today is your salvation is worth fighting for. Our relationship with Jesus is worth putting all cards down and fighting with all that we can. Have you given your life completely to Jesus? We have choices to make daily on whether we will fight for our relationship with the Lord. Meaning we'll fight our flesh, we'll be, we'll be fighting our desires, the, the things that we know that separate us from the Lord. And I'm going to read to you now from Matthew eleven twenty, And we're going to read uh, uh, through verses 29. And we're going to be throughout Matthew 11. We've already been in it some today. But I'm reading from the English Standard, uh, Standard Version. Then Jesus began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Kurzan. Woe to you, Bethesda. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Ty and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Ty and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, you will, will you be exalted to heaven. You'll be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in your hand, mighty works back up for if the mighty works done in your had been done in Sodom it would have remained until this day but I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you at that time Jesus declared I thank you father lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and and understanding and revealed them to the little children Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke and my burden is light. So we see here, again, we've been talking about plan A, choosing Christ, and plan B is choosing Satan or hell, but but we have been given that choice. And we see in the scripture here that Christ aggressively ministers to everyone and actually we see in the scriptures here that that Christ did more miracles in the land of those that rejected him than those that didn't so in other words we can't sit in there and said that Christ doesn't want me or Christ didn't give me the full amount Christ gave us all the opportunity and then some to choose him but it's our choice and so are we planning or taking plan a why you know why would we uh, uh, fight for this salvation? Why would we want plan A? And, and I had to chuckle and say, well, hell's a little hot. But really, guys, that, that isn't why that I serve my Lord. I fight for my salvation because God really does love me and care for me more than anybody else I know. That's why 
That's why I choose him. It seems like the more that I give him, the more that, that he will give me. The more the load that I give him, the more the load that he will, will bear for me. You see, God, Christ really care. They really love us. They really love people. They desire that all men and women would come into an understanding and a knowledge of him. The scripture, when the people were saying Christ and Peter, uh, in the second Peter, they're saying, Christ, why don't you come back yet? And Jesus said, or the, Peter said, because the Lord wants as many people saved as possible. Man, he tarries because he wants to bring in as many as he can. But today I wanted to share an illustration to kind of show you how much that Jesus wants to touch your life. John 10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, meaning overwhelming, overwhelming love, overwhelming fruits of the Spirit, overwhelming gifts of the Spirit. But Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Jesus wants us to rest completely in him. And I think when we do that, It'll bless us so much that we will begin to fight more and more for our salvation. I'm going to invite my son up here, Joshua, today. And Joe, you want to come up and help help you? Uh, Joshua only comes and visits about twice a year, and this is why. Uh, Every time he comes, I pick on him. But uh, anyway, come on up here, and Bud, you got to stand, you know, right in here. And and so anyway, uh, the object lesson here today is. This backpack that Joe has here, it has 60 pounds of weight in it. And I want you to put that on my son's back here, okay? Now, Joshua, me and him are about the same height and about the same weight, so, but I just didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to mess with this today. And, and so, uh, how's that feeling, bud? It's a little heavy. It's a little heavy, isn't it? So, when Christ says, come to me, all who are heavy laden... And I will give you rest. He realizes that we're carrying a heavy load. This is a lot of weight here. And, and, and he's a pretty good sized boy. And, and he can carry some weight there. You know what? You ought to give him that belt. Because I don't want him to hurt his back. And, and he needs a belt around there. And, and I think they got that for somebody else. Because it, it wouldn't fit me either, you know. I think he... <laughs> I think you take it back that way. Actually, I think they got it from me, but don't, don't pay attention to that. <laughs> but, but the Lord really put this on me at last minute because this is what we do as believers and, and non-believers a lot of times. We're carrying a heavy load around with us that we can't bear, so we take on the things of the world to help bring that relief. This belt will help him as long as he's got it on. But the minute he takes it off, it's no good to him. And that's what happens to believers a lot of times, or even non-Christians, that we want to carry this load around. Do you need me to get you a chair? It's pretty heavy, isn't it? You want me to get moving? I'm getting a sweat going. Well, here, here, here. here. That's why I'm picking on him, because he has to come back and see his dad. And so, uh, but if you want to volunteer your kids, just let me know. We can have some fun with this. But, but so many times that we try to, to make quick fixes 
in our life will will run to this, will run to that, will will go to this uh, drug, if you will, will go to uh, uh, look for a girlfriend or a boyfriend, but we'll still feel empty even after we buy that new car. The, the one that will take the heaven is from us is the Lord. Thank you, Randy. We need to get some air moving in here. Joshua's getting hot up here. <laughs> but Jesus will remove our anxieties when we cast them on him. First Peter 5, 7 says, why? Because he cares for you. So Joe, uh, the first burden that Jesus takes from us is the burden of sin. And you want to take one of them 25 pound weights out of there. Man, he's going to feel a relief whenever this weight is taken out. And that's the way it is at salvation. Man, I've seen it when we baptize kids or adults, when they come up out of the water, you can see a load is lifting. And that's what happens when we give our lives to Jesus. When we lay our burden of sin on him, he takes a load off. Is that a lot better, buddy? That feels a lot better. That, that is a lot better. And so when we get saved, that load comes off. And Jesus does that because he doesn't want us heavy laden. He wants to be in a relationship with us. Now, the scripture says in Romans 10, 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with, your heart, with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And so when, when you confess Jesus the Lord, that late weight will be lifted when you believe in him. The second thing that the Lord put on my heart, and you can take another weight off, is there's people that are really burdened and they sweat death out. What's going to happen to me when I die? Man, man, they're sweating and that burden that they carry around of death. And I see it as a pastor so many times that, well, you come see my mom or come see my pop. They're all scared to death and not all of them. Most of the believers aren't, but a lot that aren't sure they're scared to death. What's going to happen to me? Well, Jesus even took the burden of death. John eleven twenty five 25 says, I'm the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And I think that's why the disciples went so gung-ho like they did, is they've experienced a relationship with Jesus. They knew it was real. They knew that, that if they died, they'd be with him. They knew that he was coming back soon. They, they didn't care if they died. They'd even say that, that it is better to be absent from the body as to be with Christ. They believed it so much that if something would happen to me, Right now, and I would go to be with the Lord, if Jesus come back tomorrow, you would see me in less than 24 hours. Do we really grasp that? But Jesus wants to remove the burden of death. The next one I think it is hitting the world, and you can remove, you don't go easy on them or take another big one. Take a 10 out of there. Take a big one. You see, we don't like the burden. He said, get the big one. Man, man, you're, you didn't. <laughs> you got to watch him, man. But that's the way we are so many times. We want the Lord to take it, but we got to offer it up. Seeking you'll find, knocking the door will be open. Asking it will be given to you. 
But three, he removes the burden of stress. And, and this is one that, that I see so much and deal with a lot that, that the stresses of this world are so strong that it's calling, causing heavy sickness. And, and your girlfriend's texting me right now. <laughs> but his girlfriend's enjoying this, I think. But, uh, but sickness and depression and, and weight gain and all these things are coming in. I've even had many people come up, man, I, I feel horrible and I feel like I'm dying, but the doctors can't even find anything wrong with me. They just say it's stress. But guys, Jesus came to take the burden of stress. But we got to ask him to take it. We got to say, can you take a little more? We got to say, Lord, do you want that? Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. The mind's guarded. You can't have stress. Press into him. Number four, Jesus removes the burden of pride. And, and this is another one that jumped out at me today. Why don't you take a little, maybe a heavier one out there. I don't want him to pass out on the stage. He's not built like his old man, is he? So, no comments, guys. You know, you, no amens. No amens. I'm hearing too much feedback on that one. What'd you do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all on camera. I'm going to go check it out. I think I can trust him, but I don't know. But uh, anyhow, but, but Jesus asked the crowd in Luke 24 as he was coming in, and he was like, what are you looking for in this place of the dead? Why are you looking? That's the angel that said that. Let me back up here. I got to get my mind back going. Luke 24, 5. Why are you looking in a place of the dead for someone is who, who is alive? And that stuck out to me this week that so many places, we're looking in dead places for deliverance when we need to be looking where Jesus is alive and where we can find help. The fifth thing, you can remove another one there. But Jesus removes the burden of financial acceptance. And I believe this one here is a big one in our society today. It's like we're buying up everything right now. And to be honest with you, it scares me. Uh, some of these markets that are out there, they can't be sustained. And I think it's going to be a repeat of 08 that was horrible. But, but again, I don't know why I chased that rabbit. But, but guys, our acceptance and our meaning is in Christ. And, and not our finances. But Matthew 16, 26 says, For what, I will, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? We need to think about that today. But as I wrap this up today, what burdens you down? We need to allow Jesus to remove these burdens because it's a lot better, Right? But Jesus wants to completely take the backpack away. And he wants to completely take it all so that you can walk in abundant love and grace. You love your daddy. Oh, yeah. Amen. Give Joshua a hand today.
I'd tell you to give Joel a hand, but I'm not sure he wouldn't be an honor up here. So, no, yeah, I'm just kidding. But thank you too, Joe. But Jesus wants to completely remove your burden and give you rest. And we saw an illustration up here, the, the heaviness that was on Joshua, but I believe a lot of us are that way spiritually. And, and Jesus wants to take it. So that's plan A. Plan B, I really don't want to get into. But Jesus said, woe to the unrepented. Woe just means great sorrow, distress, great misery. Unrepentant means they just refuse the Christ. They just refuse to allow Christ to take the load off. And that's what's hard for me to comprehend that, oh, that's a fairy tale, that's stupid. Well, if if you give him a chance. Because I'm glad the Lord took the load off me. And I've done some dumb things in my life and things that I'm not proud of. And I can praise his name that he's alive and he took that burden away from me. And he'll do it for all of us. The other thing that really caught my eye was the cities that Christ talked about that he said woe to, Bethesda and and, and, uh, Therese. I always get a kick out of this in college that the, every professor would say the name's different, and I'm like, who's right? So I don't feel bad, and I can't pronounce them. But, but these were the most favored cities on earth. And, and, and that's what really caught my eye. These were the places to live. They had the best schools, the best doctors, the best jobs, the best things to do, the best prosperity. They had the best of the best. That's where Jesus spent the most time because they were the ones that were rejecting him the most. And I think about America today. we got so many choices, so many things that we can do instead of follow Christ. You know, it's easier to, to go depend on something else, the, the belt, if you will, instead of just depending on Christ to do what, what he wants to already do in our life. And so I want to challenge you today to really think about these things because when Jesus went into the cities, this is what blows my mind. If you go back to Matthew eleven five. When he describes the miracles and the things he was doing in these cities that were rejecting him, the blind see again, the crippled walked, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised back to life, and the poor and broken now hear of hope of salvation. All these miracles took place in in these cities that denied him. Jesus didn't hold back from them and Jesus isn't holding back from us today. It's our choice on how much we allow Jesus to move into our life. But even in Matthew 5, 25, when Jesus is separating the sheep, which is the believers, the ones that chose Christ from the goats, were the ones that didn't accept Christ and that they refused him. We even see in that scripture that, that, that uh, Jesus said, away from me because I never knew you. But you go back to Matthew 7, 21, and Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will you enter the kingdom, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven, in other words, the will of the father is that you'd be saved and come into knowledge and understanding of him. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Cast out demons in your name and do many miracles in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. 
And that's what I'm trying to say is Jesus went in again in Matthew 11 to these cities and he gave it all to them. They saw the miracles. They saw the prophecies. They even saw people raised from the dead. But yet they refused the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So my point today is that the sky's the limit for us. The sky's the limit for you here today. And I say to you, my goodness, pursue him. Fight for your salvation. Press into your salvation. Press into the things of God. But as I open today, I want you to think about it again. The kingdom of God, salvation, is a prize worth fighting for. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. Tina, if you don't go ahead and play something, that'd be awesome. But every room, every person in this room, every person online have been given a choice today. If you chose plan A, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. That's plan A. Plan B, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Are you tired of, tired of that? And again, today, I'm talking to the believers too because I know a lot of believers that have had the heavy load of salvation taken off, but they're still carrying around a lot that they don't need to carry around. And so all of us that are different places in our salvation, that's why Jesus said through the apostles to, to, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In that respect, it meant respect. Look at your heart. Look at your life and say, what can I give to Jesus? How can I give him more of me? And it may be just salvation today. But a lot of us are carrying a lot of loads around that we don't need to bear. It was mentioned to me before service that uh, an extension of this church's son was killed in Afghanistan this week. And I thought, man, that's a burden. That's a burden that needs lifted from this family and their believers. And so we prayed and reminded each other that the Bible says that, that God is with the brokenhearted, but it also says that God heals the brokenhearted. Even in extreme things like that, God wants to take that burden away from us. That's why we have the altar times. That's why we had the prayer teams up here. It's because we need to give a little bit of load to Jesus so we can live a stress-free life. But it's our choice. It's our choice today. Pastor Joe and Heather are going to be over here and Karen and myself. Actually, I'll go over here and if you and Heather want to go over here. But if you need prayer today, I want you to come up for prayer. If you need salvation, for sure, come up today. But if you just need some weights removed today, if this illustration spoke to you, it's that simple. Christ will remove it when you give it to him. And I didn't even get into healing. You know, a, a lot of people, you know, we, we don't think that Christ wants to heal but, but on the cross, he took our healing. And 1 Peter 2.24 even talks about that. You know, they talk about how Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sin. But then he goes and ends it up. And also, by his stripes, you are healed. Christ paid the price for our burdens. Amen. Let's stand to your feet today.
Father God, I thank you for each individual here today. And, and Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would let them know how much you love them today. Father, that you'd refresh them in your love and renew them in your love today. And Father, I ask if there's any loads that we're bearing. Father, when I was going through this, Lord, I was giving you things and repenting and saying, God, take this away from me. But Father, let us examine our lives, Lord, and make choices for you and begin to fight for you and the salvation in our life. In Jesus' name. But Father, draw these people unto you and continue to be with them today. In Jesus' name. But these altars are open. Come pray with us today. You can come up and pray by yourself if you want. But just allow the Lord to touch you. If you want to pray in your seat, pray in your seat. It's between you and God.